0: Welcome to the Adult Cannabis Enthusiast Podcast, where we have mature conversations about cannabis and pop culture. If you're looking to reach out to us on social media, we're available on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. If you want to find us at an alternate listening source, we host our podcast on Podbean, and you can pretty much find us wherever you get your podcast picks from. My name's Joel, and I've been smoking weed for about 25 years. And my name's Cam. I've been smoking weed for
1: just under two and a half years now since Canadian legalization. This week on the podcast, Joel and I are going to be discussing a new to me movie, but uh, one that is quite popular in the cannabis community, I imagine, um, and that is Grandma's Boy. Uh, this is a movie that's kind of like Adam Sandler's friends uh, decided to make a movie about...
0: About weed and video games? About weed and
1: video <laughs> games. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was uh, enjoyable for me, I must say. <laughs> Normally we do a poll for for these, but um, this one's been on the poll quite a bit and been getting quite a bit of love. And since I hadn't seen it, we kind of just said like... Uh, screw the poll this week and we're just going to watch this one
0: (laughs) yeah well it just made sense since you hadn't actually seen this one and I think it's finished second a couple times on the poll so that close shave was enough to be okay we're going to do this one it it tends to get a lot of love people like to throw the gifs for this one up on the twitter account every now and then and had some fun with that this weekend so it seemed like a really good time to do it and the fact that you hadn't seen it was just just enough for me I was like no, we got to do this so here we are and we're going to be talking about this movie
1: yeah. And I'd kind of been putting it off like my first viewing of it because I mean, we've we've had this in the poll for a few months now, mm-hmm. probably going back to summer 2020. It's like crept into the movie polls. And I I keep putting it off like watching it myself because I was saving it for the podcast. I wanted to have that fresh First viewing for the podcast.
0: <laughs> That's a good uh, a good service to our listeners. Yeah, you know. So
1: I mean, it was it was time. It was time. <laughs> um, we are also going to be doing a bit of a bit of a break from our regular review segment as well. We did uh, a bit of a hash off this week. So Joel and I are going to be talking about some different hash products that we have tested out on the legal cannabis market here in Canada, and uh, we're going to give our thoughts on those. We're not necessarily hash or concentrate guys, but I think it was really cool to check it out
0: yeah i think it was about time we we've we've dipped our toes into extracts a little bit previously on the show and i think we we have some trepidation in our comfort levels about Necessarily reviewing hash. So it seemed like a good idea to kind of look at a few different offerings and just give our our perspective on it. Because it honestly is probably going to emulate similar thoughts to people who are are new to the product. Uh, This is definitely, I think, something relatively new for Cam. And while uh, I've been involved with cannabis for a a good portion of my life, I think hash was something that was fairly rare for me. So uh, to get to look at this, it's kind of cool. So looking forward to talking about that. But before we get into the heart of our episode, we'd like to talk about what we've been smoking this week. my friend Cam, what's on your rolling tray?
1: This week was a little bit different than other weeks. I feel like I say that almost every episode now,
0: <laughs> but it's good, man. You're mixing it up all the time, so, right?
1: But maybe I'm consistently inconsistent at this point, so maybe it's not that mm-hmm. much different from other weeks. So maybe, Fair. Fair. <laughs> anyways. Um, this week, I took a couple days off of smoking weed, as many others may also be experiencing as well. Uh, I think my cannabis consumption has been very irregular during the pandemic. Sometimes I feel like I have a good handle on it, but then it doesn't take much for me to like reach for the vape more or reach for the bong or a joint a little bit more so i've been smoking a little bit more weed than i that i generally tend to so i took a couple of days off this week and monday and tuesday actually to be specific i uh, started my work week out without any thc and it was pretty nice actually just to get a bit of a, a, a few fresh days you know when i came back I started to implement my planet of the vapes one vaporizer a little bit more. And it's been really nice. Actually. I've been like using my, my smaller vaporizer in comparison to my packs so that uh, I can kind of start low and go slow as they say Mm -hmm. um, and increase my dosage with uh, like throughout the evening. And it's, it's been pretty nice outside of the tea break. The only real product that I picked up, well, I picked up quite a few, but the only thing I really enjoyed that was a little bit different was uh, I re-upped on Wedding Crasher by G-Tech.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorites, and I've talked about it on the podcast a few times. But I've only purchased this once, and it left a very positive impression on me. But I've just haven't gone back to it because the the price level for it was near that like forty dollar range. Like it it's normally between like thirty seven to forty dollars for for medical. And but Canmart had recently dropped it to thirty bucks, so I was like, hell yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna throw some money at that. And I bought three eighths of it for about thirty bucks each, and I'm really excited to have this back in the rotation and i i kind of have some set aside so i can i can enjoy it whenever i need to i don't necessarily know what happened on the canmart side of it they may have just been looking to clear out some old wedding crasher because uh my stuff was was packaged in september which is i mean about six months ago now i suppose but Mm -hmm. it's not like egregiously old or anything
0: was it in good repair
1: yeah, but as uh, Jasper had noticed noted on uh, Twitter, the buds are quite small, so maybe they just got like the, the smaller ones of, of the of the plants for some reason. But after they had dropped to thirty bucks, uh, maybe they cleared out that stock they wanted to get rid of or something, though, because it's back up to thirty six ninety nine for an eighth on their on the CamArt site. So mm. I don't really know why why it had dropped and gone back up. But uh, I was lucky enough to get an order in and uh, pick up a, a good stock of it at least.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a, a clearing out some old shit and in with the new, I see yeah. a few folks on Twitter posting some wedding crasher pics and some of them were in those, uh, those Tenzo and Ojin style containers, but they had the green tech label on them. Yeah. Mine did too. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you actually got it in that kind of uh, packaging too. Yeah, it was in the green tech uh, package.
1: Yeah, um, package late September. There was terps in the jar, which was really nice to see. I'm really excited to have this stuff. I smoked a couple bowls of it, and uh, it leaves a smile on my face. It's got a dominant terpene, terpene of limonene, which is kind of a regular for our 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 consumption recently. I feel like a lot of the products we've been getting off of off of Shelter Market are are dominant in Mercene and Caryophyllene most of the time. So mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to to try something else out with a, a different. Dominant Terpene. But enough about Wedding Crasher and how much I like it and how much I am excited to have it back in the rotation. Um, What did you get into this week, my friend? Uh,
0: I got into a few things, as a matter of fact. So one of the things that I did last weekend was actually make my way into a brick and mortar BC cannabis store which uh, listeners know that I, it's not something necessarily that I am want to do, but I did. And uh, I didn't go full in with our uh, high hopes procedure. But what I said to the bud at the BC cannabis store was that I wanted something fresh and terpy. Preferably, you know, I, I, no, I didn't actually say anything about price. I just said I wanted something fresh and terpy. And the first thing that was offered to me was something from Haven Street. And I can't remember the cultivar. I think it was the noisy neighbor because I was like, oh, yeah, that's an ultra sour, but... I have Wildlife Ultrasour, which is much better. So I passed on that. And the second one that they offered me was the Grand Stash from uh, Apothecary Botanicals. And we've enjoyed and reviewed uh, some products from Apothecary Botanicals before. So I decided to pick it up and was thoroughly impressed. It was at the the high end of the kind of high hopes category, looking around uh, $29.99. So, you know, right on that $30 mark. But buds were in really great repair. It was packaged, I think, in early to mid-December. And uh I was just I actually really enjoy the high from Grandpa Stash. It's a really kind of uh euphoric, dare I say uplifting kind of high. Dare and, you. Uh, I dare I I do, I dare. And uh it's uh it was pretty good. So that that's been on my rolling tray a lot. With my Canmart order that showed up after the uh the long hold up with Canada post COVID, I got uh, a bunch of that gas barriers one twelve that we reviewed previously from Ogen, And that's and wonderful I've j- stuff. I've completely crushed the jar so it's something that's got to go in the rotation for me I would like it to be like a a little bit cheaper I think it goes for like 32 or 33 for okay and that's but that's still like that's that's good that's still yeah it's it's right there it's right there the quality of it and how much I enjoy it make it worth it to do that stretch I just think I want to make sure that I can get it I know that they are putting out ounces so I would really love to get my hands on maybe some volume discount with it
1: That's still under that $10 per gram price range if you're Mm -hmm. at like the 32 or whatever. But yeah, it would be nice to see it creep back down into like the high 20s probably.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to to see that. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to keep that one in the rotation because I enjoy it so much. Nice. Uh, of course, all the hash we've been having this week that we'll talk about in the review segment. It's been really nice to get into hash. I, I miss hash. So <laughs> this was very uh, enjoyable to do that. The last thing that I do want to mention uh, was kind of born out of a couple Twitter conversations that I had this week. Uh, one through uh, our boy CapG420Investing is his Twitter handle. And he was talking about a, a salad that he was trying out. Black cherry punch. Planter of the grapes and i don't know why this didn't occur to me before
1: yeah they're just both so terpy and fragrant
0: well fragrant terpy and 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 tasty right like i mean you, you can have that scent that you like that but maybe it doesn't necessarily hit the flavor category as much as you would like with the way it smells and i find both of these nail both categories really well and when you mix them together it's magic yeah and what did it taste like the way that i described it on twitter was like hubba bubba gum Oh. So, so you're getting this like candy coating, hard cherry taste from the black cherry punch and then mixing it with this grape crush terpy grapeness <laughs> from the planet of the grapes. And it just, it's like fruit punch, hubba, bubba gum almost. So wow. uh, I would highly recommend that anybody who has these two cultivars in their rotation to do a little bit of salad mixing. Uh, the one thing I will say though, is that this is an end of night kind of situation. Don't have this with your wake and bake. And your coffee. This is a, a go to sleep mix.
1: Yeah, I would probably uh, assume that just based on the black cherry punch being involved, that stuff yeah. gives 30, me a 32%. great sleep. Yeah, thirty two percent, and it 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 really gives me a great sleep. Terps. Does it kind of like overcome the the planet of the grapes buzz, or is there a bit of a compliment, or maybe some nuance there a little bit?
0: I think there's a bit of nuance. I don't know that I would be able to accurately explain it in a really articulate fashion. <laughs> Fair enough. Because it's just, it's, it's degrees, right? It's, it, it's a, it's a degree of difference. And, and I think it would be hard to explain, but it doesn't like, it doesn't hit me like the hammer does of the black cherry punch on its own, but it just gives this really pleasant flavor quality to it that is just so enjoyable. So maybe it doesn't hit like quite as much of a sledgehammer, but it gives you um, maybe more of a, a body relaxation too. I okay. I, I just I, find it's all around. It's, it's amazing. It hit all the marks. So uh, if you have the both, try it out.
1: Yeah. I'll have to do that. Cause I picked up some of the planet of the grape stuff as well. I'd say overall, that's a great product too. That uh, I mean the, the terpene numbers on it are like through the roof. It's got an incredible taste. Like you said that it's like a great punchy kind of taste.
0: Yeah. And they're a small operator too. Like we like to support the smaller guys and yeah. the, the Hearst organic company looks pretty solid too. So yeah, I'm happy to buy their stuff.
1: Yeah, well, what I was going to say is that uh, it comes in at like the lower range of THC for most things on the on the cannabis market in Canada. It's around 15% THC, right? Maybe 15-16%, but whenever I've had it, it it definitely like plays up. THC, I feel like, you know, like it, like the effects are definitely stronger than what you would expect for that level of THC. And I mean, obviously that's got to be attributed to probably the terpenes, the the terpene numbers in it, but I've been really enjoying that, that strain. I I just had to plug it.
0: I think you make a really good point about that. And that this is, this cultivar makes the wonderful example of how you cannot use THC as the only measure for potency.
1: Yeah. I've seen other people on Twitter attest to that as well. It's not just my own, my own uh, personal experience or anything like that. Uh,
0: Everybody who tries this stuff says it hits harder than, than what it, what it indicates. But I think that's because the two and a half years of legal stuff is that we're entirely focused on THC and not the other aspects of it because everything else is focused on THC. The Terps have suffered and we've had the detriment. So now that we're seeing this beautiful craft cannabis come out uh, in this planet of the grapes, is that beautiful moisture, everything is on point. It makes a huge difference between how you're enjoying it right now. Now people are, I hope as we see more of these products make it to market, people are going to have their eyes open. I think so as well. And I'm,
1: I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic for the last piece here. You had mentioned that you had picked up some, uh, some new stuff from bud cups as well. Uh, did you want to talk about that at all? Like, have you got much experience with that stuff yet?
0: Yeah, I, I've been using it almost exclusively since I got it, but it's it's just essentially kind of like a packing tool for the bud cup. So you can do multiple at the same time. So uh, it comes with like a little tray and a slot for six bud cups that you can do it in like kind of a, a packing tool and shuffler that allows you to kind of push the weed around inside the container and get it into the cups. The packing tool also sits underneath the bud cups that allows them to like pop up out of the hole so they're easy to kind of like pull out. And stuff. okay so that way they're fairly secure when they're when you have them in place I found it to increase the speed with which I'm loading it's going to take some time to get like a system down for me to do it I think I've mentioned on the show before I really like a lot of variety in the cultivars that I enjoy so when I'm putting this together it's it's kind of designed to be easy for one cultivar to fill up six cups yeah that's not necessarily my jam so I'm like doing one shuffling it out and then doing another and then shuffling it out so it's it's hard to get that the eyeball that bit that you need for the grinder for what's going to fit one cup but other than that uh, i think it's a really useful tool and if i like to have a bunch on the go it's super helpful for that
1: no kidding yeah i was kind of thinking the same thing when i was looking at that packing tool i was kind of like this is This is really efficient, but I switch up my cultivars all the time and I don't normally stick to one strain all day long. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. You know, so I mean, we're we're pretty spoiled, I guess. But uh, (laughs) but I had that same kind of thought about that as well, but I still may pick it up because I think it looks like a, a handy little tool.
0: I think it's useful and it came with like a carrying case and then like a a little package to put like six cups in so uh, like overall it it was worthwhile and I think it went for like 50 bucks or something like that
1: okay not bad not bad more positive stuff coming out of bud cups we just love those things so far it's it's, (laughs) I've said it so many times but it has really increased the enjoyment I've been I've been having with my packs three for sure well
0: it's kind of hit the mark that I like to use with spice jars before of like having like stuff ready to go so I can just drop something in my packs and, and enjoy. Yeah. And, and that, that kind of meets that need for me. So that's why it's been so good. Nice.
1: Nice. Well, are you ready to get into the meat of the episode, my friend?
0: Yes. Let's get talking about grandma's boy, a happy Madison production.
1: Yes. Terrific. <laughs>
0: so we normally do
1: like a, a battling plot synopsis to start out these media episodes now at least we've been doing that the last few the last few movies that we've done would you like to go first or would you like to be second uh, i'm
0: happy to go first this time i think
1: okay well don't make it too good because uh i don't really want to have to follow you, follow up a, a a big time plot synopsis you know
0: yeah well i don't think you have to worry too bad <laughs> uh, video game tester and cannabis enthusiast alex is evicted and forced to live with his grandmother while assisting in the launch of a new game he successfully defends his own game from theft with the help of his co-workers, drug dealer and his grandma
1: wonderful yours was <laughs> yours was a little bit more spoilery than mine was mine was just like bare bones but uh, here it is i really that was okay. that was very well done <laughs> hats I'm, off I'm happy to you i'm myself yeah <laughs> okay so mine A gifted video game tester gets displaced from his residence after his roommate spends their rent money at a massage slash pleasure house. After being unsuccessful in finding a new place to live, he moves in with his grandma and finds out that it's not easy balancing his work life, personal life, and being a model adult grandchild.
0: (laughs) Okay, I like yours. Yours sounds like it's like a synopsis that's in like a movie review book. Yeah, I wasn't trying to give too much away. Yeah, you know that was that was pretty good. I, I wanted to kind of like give a, a summary was was more my my goal in it. So like, oh, I think you did a, a pretty good job there. I like that. No, they're good. They're both good. <laughs> <But> so <laughs> so Graham's boy, uh, this came out in two thousand six, uh, I believe. And uh, like I said, it's a Happy Madison production. And if you're not familiar with, about Happy Madison, that's Adam Sandler. And uh, Adam Sandler's production company is responsible for this. So uh, you'll see a lot of familiar faces if you've ever seen an Adam Sandler movie. He tends to cast his buddies and stuff in a, in a lot of different situations, uh, as well as some familiar faces from Saturday Night Live from like the late 80s and early 90s, the era that uh, he was on SNL, basically.
1: Yeah. Do you want to get into some of the the, the main characters and uh, the actors of the movie?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we usually like to start with, with the cast in this one. And I'm, I'm always curious about like frames of reference, right? I, like I mentioned this a lot when we do it because uh, Cam and I have a, a bit of an age gap between each other. So I'm always curious as, as to how you see some of the people in these movies or what your, your point of references for some of them. So I think for me, like the, the identical identifiable people immediately were the X SNL people. Well, how about you? Who was like, who was recognizable for you in this?
1: Most of the main characters, actually, because like you've said, they've been in a lot of other happy Madison movies, and I've seen a shitload of those, if not all <laughs> of them. Um, maybe not so so much of the ones uh, that have come out in like the last five or six years. like I feel like he just puts out like one random Netflix movie a year that is maybe not really in my wheelhouse anymore, but <laughs> I'm very familiar with like older Adam Sandler movies like uh, Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, those kind of ones. So a lot of these characters or and actors in this movie are. We're, we're in those movies as well so i would say the main character in this movie is alex like you alluded to and alan covert he I've, I've seen him in a lot of movies but he's never really been like a main actor in any of the movies that i've that i've seen him in
0: no i think this is the only movie that he's ever been a like a lead for at least that i'm familiar with but he was the most notable character for him for me is like he's the the homeless caddy in happy gilmore
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's, uh, he's one of uh, the friends from, uh, from big daddy as well. Are you familiar with that movie?
0: I, I am, but I've only seen it once, like at the time it came out. Okay. So my, uh, my knowledge of it is limited.
1: Okay. That was a movie that I watched quite a bit when I okay. was a kid. So uh, that movie has a, has a special place in my heart. He's, he's pretty big in that movie, but yeah, there's a lot of actors in this movie, uh, that I recognize like right away, even some smaller, smaller, uh, roles like Doris Roberts, who plays his grandma. She's mm. she's from Everybody Loves Raymond. She's Raymond Romano's mom in that show. Very familiar face. Yeah, Very picked her out face. right away, as well as the the guy who plays JP. He's been in a ton of movies as well. well his name is uh, Joel David Moore. I didn't know that name off the top of my head, but he's in movies like Avatar and fuck, what else was he in? Uh, Dodgeball. Dodgeball, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty familiar with these guys. Okay, well, the, the other guys that I'll, I'll call it then are, are these old Saturday Night Live people. So okay. Kevin Nealon plays Mr. Cheezle, like the, the head of the video game company. David Spade plays a waiter in a, in a vegan restaurant. Yes, he uh, does. Rob Schneider plays uh, Alex's landlord that evicts him and throws a bong at him <laughs> at the start uh, of the movie. You should never um, throw a bong, kid. No, never throw a bong, kid. <laughs> the, the one that I like, and this is an incredibly minor one, and I never expect you to do this, but this movie actually has a pro wrestling connection. Oh, really? Who's yeah. that? Uh, one of the two goons that's like tossing all the stuff out of Alex's place when he's getting right. infected is Kevin Nash. Big, sexy Kevin Nash, also known as Diesel in the WWF back in the day. So that's hilarious. I'm always one to call out the pro wrestling connection. So, a shout out to our. our wrestling fan listeners and a little Easter egg for you there.
1: Oh yeah. That's, that's good. I didn't pick up on that, but he does look like he would be a pro wrestler for sure. His whole yep. persona
0: and everything in the movie kind of uh, exudes it. So I, I, I can, I can dig it. Uh, what about uh, Linda Cardellini? He's also like a fairly well-known and recogn- recognizable actor in Hollywood as well.
1: Yeah. um, I only know her from like smaller roles, but whenever I've seen her in something, she's been phenomenal. I think that she's really talented. The most recent stuff I've seen her in is she's been in a few Marvel movies. She plays uh, Clint Barton's wife, like yes. Hawkeye's wife. Very, very minor role in those movies. But when she has been on screen, she's been f- fantastic. Um, I really liked her in this movie as well, although I don't necessarily see what she sees in the main character, Alex, at all. Like, I don't really know. That doesn't really fit for me. That doesn't jive. <laughs> but uh, I mean...
0: It's a plot uh, convenience.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, she's she's fantastic. And uh, she's on IMDb, she's actually listed, like the first actor listed in the credits, probably just because she's more notable than almost anybody else in the top four or five.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I, honestly, probably her and, and Doris Roberts are probably the most recognizable people in this movie, I would have to say. Uh, I liked her in lots of things, like she was in Freaks and Geeks, and uh, she had her yes. great a great turn in mad men as well in a oh, really brief she? role. Yeah. Really, really small, like a couple episodes, but uh, she was, she was great in that. So I'm a big fan and, and she was enjoyable in this movie. Absolutely. So uh, I think that's, that's the main part of the cast. I'm not sure if there's anybody else you want to call out. Well, there's like of. uh Peter
1: Dante is also oh, yeah. in it as Dante, the drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> He's just another one of those guys that pops up in in Happy Madison movies. He's a good actor too. He was really funny in this movie and definitely one of my favorite characters. There was also a uh, a couple other actors that are like more relevant these days like Nick Swardson and and Jonah Hill, Academy Award nominee oh, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jo- Jonah Hill is a very minor role. He is very young and uh, still in his larger face.
1: He has like three lines. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, like he, was, he was very much an up-and-comer in this movie. Oh, there's one more. There's one more. And this is going back to the, the, the old man here. But one of Doris Roberts's roommates that is living with Alex as part of this is Shirley Jones, the actor who plays uh, Grace. And Shirley Jones was the mom on the Partridge family. Okay. And you're probably like, "What the fuck is the Partridge Family?" Yeah, I am. But oh fuck, it was like a like a '70s or '60s TV show with like a, a family band, and they toured around. And okay, like like had a redhead kid on it, and he's like become like a, Danny Bonaduce is his name, and and he's become this like kind of known for infamous things. Like since then, anyway, doesn't matter. She was known back in the day as the mom on the Partridge Family.
1: Okay. There was one other person I recognized here, but I had to look them up. Um, and that was one of the other video game testers, Kelvin Yu. Mm-hmm. When I was watching this movie, I was like, I've seen this guy in other shit before. Like, where am I recognizing him from? At first, I thought it was from this uh, Tim Robinson like sketch comedy show that's on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave. I thought it was for sure that. But then I looked up of Zion DB and it was actually uh, he was uh, like a fairly regular character on that uh, Aziz Ansari show, Master of None. He's like one of Aziz's best friends in that show. And uh, yeah, um, it took me a while to place him. Well, obviously I needed to use Google to help me place him. But uh, yeah, he was, I thought he was good in this. I I really liked him in Master of None. So I just wanted to quickly shout out that guy as well.
0: Nice. Okay. So, okay, we talked about the actors. Uh, I think you mentioned that one of your favorite characters was was Dante, the drug dealer. And I, I think I can absolutely say he was my favorite out of everybody in this movie he's easily my favorite character and and why why i mean just the the genuine like lols that you get from this movie come from him i think everything else is kind of like an odd setup or maybe like a little bit awkward with his stuff it's just like he's just such a dumb motherfucking drug dealer (laughs) like and he's so spacey and like but in like a nice way. Like he just seems really like helpful and kind and, and patient, just like patient, but just dumb. Like no kid, nobody fucks with a lion. You yeah. Master dog. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, Dante was really fucking funny. And uh, he probably, he's definitely in my top two for favorite, for favorite characters in the movie. I, I really liked that. He just does everything for fun. You know, yeah. he's just a fun guy. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn between him and Saul from Pineapple Express. Maybe yes. not like a lot, but there are definitely some there's definitely some crossover there. He he doesn't really give a fuck about anything. And uh, he just does everything for the pure enjoyment of life, basically. And I
0: I, I respect that. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, there's there's a few of the like stereotypical drug dealer like tropes that are in this is too, because he has a name for every kind of weed that he's got that's like a little bit like funky or something like that. You want the green monster, man? Or do you want the Frankenstein?
1: I like this the one will make you
0: grow antlers. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that okay. You actually just touched on my favorite line, so I'll just kind of okay. jump ahead a little bit. Yeah, one point he he says, uh, "Doctor Shakalu brought me some crazy Zimbabwe weed that turns you into a deer," <laughs> and then uh, Alex is like, "You know, lions eat deer, right?" And uh, then Dante goes, "Oh wow, doctor, we're gonna have to be careful." <laughs> <laughs> that fucking slayed me it absolutely slayed me and then the the doctor like put up his uh his hands above his head to make like little antlers and stuff it was just it was too good that that little spot was so funny
0: all of those interactions with him and the doctor are are like hilarious Uh, yeah i mean and i think my one of my favorite bits with dante too is when he's doing like the tv interview when the like the lion gets loose and he's interviewing on tv and he's swearing like he's like couldn't need there's a fucking lion around here who the fuck brings a lion into the neighborhood i saw it outside so i had to call the 5-0 it was <laughs> that that part made me howl with laughter actually
1: <laughs> just because like the reporter's like there's reports of a lion loose in this community sir you're said, you said you say you live in this community um w- w- what seems to be going on and it, his first his first thing he says is just this shit is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just burst into laughter after that. It was, it was too good. It's too mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And it was kind of just like a little like, like throwaway scene. His Alex was, was trying to take the TV over from his, from his grandma and her roommates that were watching antiques roadshow or something. <laughs> and like, it was just like a quick blip of, of like a, a, a new segment that was like, Oh, happening right now kind of thing. Anyways, that was yeah, that was another one of my favorite Dante scenes, as well as like the the Bong piece that I kind of alluded to earlier, where he was just like, You should never throw a Brawn kid. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's too good. I would say though, my favorite character is probably JP.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he would be my number two, I think. Yeah. So we're yeah. we're on the same wavelength here.
1: It is it is it kind of uh telling that that Alex isn't one of our favorite characters? I guess
0: maybe yeah i mean I think, like, I think it speaks that the like the the lead character has some unlikable qualities about them
1: yeah well he doesn't really have like a redemption arc or anything either like
0: no he's just it just does kind of the same thing throughout the movie and then it yeah. just work, works out for him
1: yeah <laughs> he's he's i don't know he's not very like an uh he's not a very endearing antagonist or is he well or i mean there's, there's plot
0: plot design problems all over the place yeah like, this, this isn't movie, a... right like it's this isn't meant to be taken with like a a serious eye in any sense because it's like a pretty telling example of male wish fulfillment in terms of like an activity like having uh your life be video games and weed and somehow manage to you know hook up with a really intelligent and smart beautiful woman like it's very interesting how that all just magically happens yeah despite being a not necessarily a really interesting character He's i kind guess of an I mean, asshole. They, they kind of use that uh his side game i guess maybe as the redemption arc in a way but i don't know that it works yeah but why why jp what was what was the best part about jp for you in this movie
1: his whole demeanor was really fucking funny
0: <laughs> you kind of, i almost like sympathize with like with the guy he's horrible but i'm like man you must have had a really fucked up childhood or something to and be that's like this.
1: it you know like he was the the like the child prodigy who's who's going through a bit of a uh identity crisis now that he's older and he's not like cranking out the hits as much in the video games they kind of like hyperbolized what the average person may think of a hardcore gamer you know like completely like uh, this person isn't really a a authentic human, you know? (laughs) No,
0: No, he talks in a robot voice. It's not, it's not a real, it's a farce. Yeah.
1: Like 60% (laughs) of the time. And, and then they really lean on like the matrix, the the whole matrix vibe with him, which I thought was hilarious. I've got to say that he has some of like, some of my most favorite lines of the movie as well. One of them is uh, he's, he's talking to, to Linda's character, Samantha. And he's like, I know it must be intimidating to talk to me. But underneath all this genius, I'm just a human, although I'm trying to fix that. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like um, alluding to the fact that he's considering getting surgery to have robot legs and shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like while we're talking about like best lines for JP, my favorite one was he was like standing like in the hallway or something. And he, him and Alex get into like a verbal spat and he's like trying to hide and blend into the wall with his like black jacket or something. Yeah. And at the end of the conversation, he like stops and is like, how can he see me?
1: Yeah. That was so fucking funny. At, well, the first time I watched this movie. Oh shit. I, I guess I should have said I, I, I watched this movie twice in the last couple of weeks, but the first time I watched it, I didn't really pick up on the fact that he was trying to hide on the wall. I was kind of just like, the fuck is he doing and then the second time it was just like so blatantly obvious to me and yeah I thought that part was really fucking funny as well I'm a little bit envious of like his office slash like gaming studio though right yeah his office is so cool it's I mean it's got like the matrix like coating all over these frosted glass walls (laughs) And then he's got like this hyper reclined chair with uh,
0: these three massive monitors in the air above him.
1: Yeah, three massive monitors that are that are hooked up to these this giant metal piping like bone structure. I
0: don't know. The walls are a speaker.
1: Yeah, it was really (laughs) fucking cool. But uh, he he does have some flaws as well. I mean, he steals a few ideas in this movie.
0: Yes, yes. He's he's not a good character. He he gets embarrassed a few times and goes to Alex for uh, some solace because he's feeling like he's an, an outcast amongst all of these people and tries to steal Alex's game and it doesn't go well for him but I thought that scene was pretty funny too because like there was some stuff that was like like Look like just happened and they managed to catch it like where he was like crying and like drool like went right down his lip like in a long piece like it it just made him look that much more pathetic in the moment and i thought it was just spot on
1: well i think that that's uh kind of like a testament to joel david moore's acting skills i was gonna say that like jp is is not an authentic human at all like like there's nobody that i know or could even like really yeah imagine like acting like this person acts but 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 somehow he 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 manages to do it in like an authentic way you know that it's like believable still so i think that that like he actually has some pretty strong acting chops this guy like it wasn't just like ludicrous the whole time you know i i just was was thinking that I I respect his portrayal of this character because that wasn't, that would have been like a really hard line to walk at times because Mm. like this person isn't like there's
0: this person too weird. Yeah. it's, It's
1: too weird. Exactly. But somehow he still made it authentic. Like you said, you kind of sympathized with them and I do too, because he gets like,
0: like ridiculed so hard by his, by his coworkers, I guess. Yes. But I think, but like, it's, it's a dichotomy though. Right. Because he p- portrays like this air of haughtiness and like, he, he's mocking everybody, but he's just so pathetic. Right. In his attempts to do it, like, you know, using his robot voice and like giving like the middle finger machine gun blast at them all. Like Annie, turd nuggets. like Yeah. And then everybody just roars laughing at him. Right. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> it makes it really easy for, for the other people to make fun of him, for sure.
0: For sure. But I mean, like you're just like, man, this poor dude probably had this shit this his entire life. And you, you build defense mechanisms up to it. So like I'm lost because he's a total asshole and Dick, but at the same time, you're like, ugh, you know?
1: Yeah. Exactly no, but he's still my favorite character just because he was it was well acted. He he had some fucking hilarious lines and and scenes just in general. I really liked him too. Nick Swardson had some really fucking funny lines in this one as well. One of my favorite favorite ones, which I've heard other people quote numerous times, and it's when Alex like shows up to to, to Jeff's house for the first time. And he's like, Oh, my, my roommates, uh, they're thinking about getting me some, some, (laughs) some, uh, rims for, for my car bed or a CB radio. So I could maybe talk to other car beds.
0: (laughs) All that whole interaction is like hilarious. Like your roommates, you mean your parents? Yeah. Yeah. Nice jammies. Yeah. They were a gift from my roommates.
1: Yeah. Just (laughs) so ridiculous. I thought he was really funny as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, he was he was all right. I mean, he was kind of a dick. I thought the like, the whole like him sleeping with the like horny old lady was a bit weird. Like that whole storyline. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a few, uh, a few questionable scenes in this movie. I don't know. Is there any more quotes that you want to talk about? I feel like we kind of hit most of the ones that I want to hit. But if there's any more that you want to mention before we roll into I'm good to talk about scenes, I think.
1: Okay. Well, no, I, yeah, no, I think I'm good too.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. All I, all I can say is that like you were saying how, how that one scene with, with him and uh, the other elder lady was kind of like unnecessary. I felt that the same with Jonah Hill's character and like the, does baby need milk or whatever? Are you just like sucking on these titties for like, I don't know. 13
0: 15, hours. They yeah. Said in the movie.
1: 13 hours. Yeah. Like that was so unnecessary, but
0: I, I, I just, I don't get it. And it was just another situation of something weird happening that like no human being would ever act like that. Yeah. Like, Cause what happened was that he was checking this girl out at a party and she literally just drops her top and's like, baby you want milk? And it's like, that would never happen in real life. Like yeah. it's just, it just fucking weird and unnecessary. But the scene, which within this interaction occurs is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie.
1: Okay. The, and which the, one's whole, that? the
0: whole party scene,
1: the party scene. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of funny shit that happens in there.
0: Yeah, because it's just it's just kind of like the like the buildup of everything. But as a cannabis consumer, I have a problem with it.
1: Okay, and what do you have a problem with?
0: I have a problem with the setup of how the old ladies got stoned.
1: Yeah, with the tea. I yes. was gonna do research on that because I didn't think that that you could actually do that. You uh, can't. Yeah,
0: I didn't you think can't. so. THC is not water soluble, so if you grind up your cannabis and put it in a hot teapot you ain't going to get high or at least not any more high than you would had you just eat, eaten the weed.
1: Yeah. Like even if you were to add some milk to it afterwards, I don't think that that would be enough to like have Perfection. the, yeah, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't bind to it. Right. So no, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really get high from it. I don't think.
0: And that's, that's kind of the setup for this party is that the, uh, the Alex character is staying in, um, a roommate of theirs who had passed away his room and he put, hit his weed in a jar and the grandmother finds it and thinks it's, uh, tea so they drink tea in the honor of their their deceased friend and they all get ridiculously high uh, great setup for the movie but as a cannabis consumer he's bullshit
1: yeah it's bullshit another uh thing that i wanted to bring up like on a on a cannabis related note was how disgusting was alex's bong at the start of the movie <laughs> it, it looked like it was uh filled with coca-cola and coffee grounds
0: yeah, it was gnarly. It was gnarly. And it was they fucking spil- disgusting. it on the floor, and I'm like, oh man, that just must be awful.
1: Oh man, it was it was black, 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 black. Just so so gross.
0: But when he, but when Rob Schneider threw it at him and it broke, like I thought that bit was a, a pretty funny line too. And He's like, oh, was this expensive piece? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I thought that was fucking funny too. But this this party was was great, and like tons of things happen at it, and I think. Uh, what happens is they go out to celebrate the, the um, launch of the game that they're they're on a tight deadline for. They get it out. They go to party. doesn't really work out, and his buddy has to poop, and they go back to the grandmother's house, and they discover that the old ladies are all high as shit from drinking weed tea.
1: Yes, they do. And they're watching some kind of a Spanish show on TV and just laughing their ass off.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Although that was like pretty, pretty excellent. That whole scene of just like three old ladies just giggling their asses off at like some language that they didn't understand from a man on TV. I thought that was just like good, wholesome fun. And I would love to see some older ladies do that. I think It's, it's pretty cool
1: yeah if that was a twitch channel i would I would watch it quite frequently i think
0: <laughs> <laughs> agreed agreed
1: so what was your favorite part about that scene like was there a specific moment within the party scene that you really enjoyed uh
0: I, like i think there's lots like there's like he he's trying to like figure out what's what's going on with his grandmother before he finds out that they drank the tea and then she's like i can hear my hair growing <laughs> <laughs> like, like all of that was, was was pretty well done i think where samantha sings push it by salt and pepper that was good too that, and She's all just completely shit slammed because she she challenged Alex to like a tequila contest or something like that. I thought that was all enjoyable stuff. I mean, there was all, all kinds of things kind of happening. But basically, they were trying to score more weed because the the old ladies drank it all on the tea. And they invite Dante over. And he brings like a whole strip club with him.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> and they just have a big rager. Yeah. With all, with all walks of life included, you know? There is like bikers there, and bi- like bikers. strippers. Yeah, there is all kinds of people there. Yeah. No, that was a, that was a great scene. I, I think for my favorite scene is I think it's one of his first nights in his grandma's house. He gets home from work, goes to the fridge, opens it up and he's like, finally a roommate that goes shopping. He takes out all this delicious food and then he looks around the kitchen. He's like, of course she doesn't have a fucking microwave. She's a hundred. So (laughs) he has to like throw everything onto a big baking sheet and, toss it in the oven and then uh, he goes up to his room, sparks up a bowl from his new bong that he just bought, which by the way was so cool. I really liked his new bong that he got. It was this uh, white frosted glass one that had these red frogs drawn on it all over. It was really fucking cool. Anyways, he takes like a big rip, goes back downstairs to to check on his food and he's like, Oh, it's ready. Takes it out with bare hands and then fucking (laughs) flips it in the air and goes, fuck, (laughs) To me, that was... That's totally gotta, something I would do. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> got to be relatable to stoners out there. Got to be, especially those first few moments, like the first five to 10 minutes after smoking a big bong rip, like yeah. you're a bit incoherent. You're not thinking about things. And I just, think you hear the just...
0: oven ding and you got to go get it. And you're like, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: And you're just uh, so excited. You know, there's been anticipation building for this snack that you're about to eat and shit. It was just classic uh, stoner forgetfulness on full display. I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. There's one aspect of this movie that I really enjoy too and it's almost more like a series of scenes than one particular scene himself and I, I just like that they included this in the movie and it was the uh, the video game battles they had at the video game company like on their lunch breaks. Right, I'm glad that you brought that up. What did you like so much about it? Oh, Just, just the general interactions that they had, right? Like it, it it was all stuff that makes sense to me. If I worked for a video game company, I would expect that there would be a dope break room where we all like played games at lunch against each other. And that kind of like fit that motif. And it was just like a very like, you know, uh, competitive aspect. People are cheering and excited. Uh, they're playing different kinds of games and it's different characters that are interacting and stuff like that. So that's, that's, I think the part that I like the most about it. Yeah. Like,
1: Upon entrance to that room, you're probably like, "Is this like a fucking cockfighting ring? What's <laughs> happening in here?" And then you open it up, and it's just a bunch of dudes playing video games. The first battle that they did was between Alex and some other guy, and they're playing some old frog game. If you're familiar with it, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what it was. It certainly wasn't Frogger or anything like that. But anyways, it was like a competition of like these two frogs that to jump up and like snag these flies out of the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alex is just like beating the shit out of this other guy. Did you notice that at the end of it, once? Alex Alex had one. the The scores were on display on the TV. Did you happen to see the scores? No, I didn't. No, Alex's score was four twenty. Of course, beautiful. I thought that was hilarious. Nice touch. I to touch on like that that work atmosphere, like you had kind of mentioned. I didn't understand why Alex was always taking his work home you know if he's if he's a game tester why isn't he doing his testing at work like why does he have like his own cubicle area with a full gaming setup if he's not doing his levels at work you know what are you doing at work bro yeah exactly like part of the problems in this movie all occur because he's super tired because he doesn't have access to the tv because his uh his grandma's watching antiques roadshow or some shit or uh they're they've got him like overworking doing chores or something like that but it's like oh i don't have time to to do my levels at home but i the whole time I was thinking like, bro, why aren't you doing this at work? <laughs> like, yeah. what do you do at work then? And, and
0: then when are you programming this other game that you're supposedly doing? Like there, there was not some nonsense, nonsensical aspects to it for sure.
1: Yeah. No, I, I thought it was just a bit of, um, it just didn't really make sense. But anyways, it, it didn't take that much away from the movie. That's oh, for no, sure. No.
0: I mean, no. you know, you're not, you're not looking too critically at this shit.
1: No, absolutely not. They did nail how much people enjoy those like antiquing kind of shows and like storage wars and the, and the likes, you know, I thought that was pretty fucking funny too. They did
0: that. And I mean, at that time, that was like when it was like, it's peak, I think. So it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Well-timed.
1: Just, I just kind of uh, remember this part too, just thinking about Alex and his character. I think one of the other reasons may why I may not uh, really like his character doesn't really resonate with me is probably because he's also the kind of stoner who doesn't give a shit about what weed he smokes too. like immediately. I was like, Oh, come on, bro. Like, let him tell you about (laughs) the fucking, the, the, the green monster or whatever. Like what's that one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think, I think what they were trying to get across was like the lack of interest in dealers bullshit.
1: Yeah, probably
0: you, you didn't live that. I mean, I know you know about it, but a number of us who have lived that understand that perspective but where we're at now, absolutely not. I want to know what the fuck I'm smoking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe that's just an interaction that I'm not familiar with. And maybe that's is. why. I, yeah. I think
0: just to put that in context, I'm not saying that though, because he is kind of like, like a dick generally. He's very yeah. self-interested. Yeah. Like outside absolutely. of his, the, his family his gra- Obviously he cares for his grandmother, but outside of his family, he's very just focused on himself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, final thoughts on this movie? Final thoughts on this movie. If you haven't seen it, I think it's worth a watch. Watching it back last night, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did, you know, 16 or 15 years ago or whatever it was. I think I was noticing some of the um, the more of the flaws of the movie, like looking at it through the lens that I have now. But I was trying not to be too critical and there's lots of funny beats and there's lots, l- lots of lulls to be had, especially at JP and Dante in my, in my opinion. So I th- definitely think it's something that's worth a watch. Uh, if it's something you like back in the day, it might be good for a quick revisit, but it's not something that I necessarily think that I would put on a, like a regular viewing or anything like that. I don't know that it's aged all that well. But the parts of it that are really funny do nail it. And I think a lot of cannabis consumers can identify with video games being an activity that they enjoy. You combine cannabis and video games and a goofy comedy movie. It's not like you're necessarily going to regret your 90 minutes, but I wouldn't expect like high art or anything like that. What What did you think about it?
1: Very similar. Like I kind of alluded to earlier, I watched this twice. And the first time I watched it, I like once it was over, I was kind of like, Oh, thank God! Like I, I, I didn't really enjoy the first one. Maybe I just wasn't in the the right mindset, though. Especially like for like for these kind of like comedies from the 2000s and shit like they're just not movies that I really care too much about anymore but the second time I watched it was actually this morning and uh, I had some hash for breakfast I was was feeling good this morning and I just laughed my ass through the whole thing so maybe it was like me just maybe it just took me some time to warm up to the characters but um, I, I enjoyed it a lot more the second time And, uh, I, I think I will watch it like more in the future, but uh, again, I don't think, like you said, it's going to be like a regular viewing. Like this isn't going to be a movie that I watch like every year or anything like that, but I completely agree that there are some parts in it that aren't great, but the parts that are, are nailed, like you mentioned. So we're in, we're very much in agreement, I think on this one.
0: Yeah. I think, I think it's worth your time to give it at least one try or a revisit if you watched it back in the day. But, uh, I think that's probably where it rests but I noticed that you mentioned you had some hash for breakfast and we are going to be doing a bit of a hash off for our review segment this week. So should we talk about that hash you had? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, this morning I had some dry sift hash from Tantalus Labs. Okay. I bought this uh, about a week and a bit ago. And I even mentioned it on the last episode, I believe, just because uh, I thought it was fairly economical. I got a, a gram of of dry sift hash from Tantalus Labs. And uh, it was only like 25, 26, 27, 8, somewhere in that range for dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I had it this morning. Uh, and it was it was real nice. It put me in a great spot for this movie at the very least.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Well, I, I I didn't have that particular hash this week, but I have had the Tantalus Labs dry sift before and I've really, really enjoyed it. The thing that I like the most about it is that it like it adds and I think you mentioned this on the last show, it adds a really nice flavor to a bowl. Yeah, kind of like the
1: citrusy, floral kind of notes to it for sure. Yeah,
0: I, I think it comes from either like Blue Dream or Sky Pilot, which I believe is is a variant on Blue Dream, uh, and I just found it it added something nicely to it, and then like uh, it it just basically made like a an average bowl into like a worthy bowl, basically.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like if you have some dry, dusty mids that you're looking to perk up, I think that adding almost any of the hash offerings that we're talking about, well, actually any of the hash offerings that we're about to talk about, if you want to add those to your bowls, that's a perfect way to perk it up. As far as like, uh, impairment on this one, or like the effects, they were basically gone after about 45, 50 minutes. Uh, Mm -hmm. although there was like a little bit of lingering, like jitteriness slash like, brain fog, I would say
0: okay.
1: during the movie this morning, when I was trying to write down my notes, I was having significant trouble <laughs> operating my phone. I was having a lot of, a lot of trouble. I used my planet of the vapes for all of the hash that I tried out this week, just because it has a concentrate pad that right. uh, is kind of for hash or, or concentrates. And I, I thought that it was just going to be the most efficient manner for me to smoke these. But for, for this one that I had this morning, I loaded up my, my 0.1 gram capsule that comes with my planet of the vapes vape. And I loaded up like two thirds with, with this dry sift and just a little bit of flour just because uh, there is holes in this capsule and this dry sift stuff is, is very, very small. So it would, it would go through it. So I just kind of put flour in on either side just to stop it from leaking out into my vape.
0: Just a little bed.
1: Yeah. Just a little bed. Exactly. And uh, I must say that this shit hit me hard, man. I was (laughs) grinning throughout this whole movie, like actually knee slapping at some of the high points I think this is hash that you could kind of use throughout the day um, if you wanted to perk up like a bowl in the afternoon or something. Like, I don't think that this would yep. be like later in the evening for for like its only use or anything. Which no,
0: some hashes like that, but this is this isn't like going to put you out.
1: Exactly. I think this would, this definitely will perk you up a little bit, but what I've found with all of these hash offerings is that they are fucking strong though. <laughs> so
0: um, Concentrates.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, I was really happy with this stuff. I've still got a decent chunk of it left, so I'm happy to go through more of it as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, well, I'm going to pick it up again. Uh, I haven't had it in a while and I can't remember. I think it was like a, just like a random chance that I happened to like pick it up. Like I was like, oh, let's get some of that uh, dry sift. Uh, and then I really enjoyed it the one beef that I had with it though was the packaging
1: yeah the beef and that's that that's is a a, le- beef, man. a legitimate <laughs> beef yeah it came in like a basically the same kind of tube that pre-rolls come in yeah. which made it really difficult to get out of the jar all of the the dry sift was just sitting at the bottom I mean I'm looking at the package right now and it's like almost four inches long so I don't know what kind of apparatus they're thinking that you're gonna throw in here to dig it out but you had told me that you moved yours to a smaller jar and I had just done the same thing. And it, it was way easier after that.
0: It just made more sense. Uh, like I, I've had some, I can't remember if it was dry sift, but some kind of dry sift or bubble hash from like Canna farms a while back. And uh, I think we had some hash rods in from them too that we talked about on the show. Yeah. Uh, but I, I always keep those jars and it just made sense when I looked at what this little pre-roll tube that the dry sift was in. I was like, no fucking way am I dealing with this? So uh, yeah, I immediately put it into one of those can of farms, little uh, small concentrate jars. And the way that I've been getting out is using the, um, the uh, metal end of my uh, PAX multi-tool. Okay. You know, like your little packer thing. Like I yeah. the metal piece that splits off, I would just scoop it out and then drop it into a bowl
1: my my planet of the vapes one vape came with this little dab tool they called it a dab tool but it, i i don't necessarily think it's like that specific it's just like a little metal thing with a little scoop on one side kind of thing and okay. i was using that and it was it works fine out of the little jar that i put it into but it would not work in that little the little joint packaging that it came in, there's no way it's just Mm -hmm. not enough space to operate and move around. But uh, I mean, packaging aside, I think this is an easy buy for anybody looking to get into concentrates for sure. But I would say start low and go slow with all of these products. Like we're about to get into some other ones as well, but I think that's a a pretty common thread between them all.
0: Yeah. I mean, start low and go slow is a good way, especially if you're not experienced with concentrates, because these can hit you like a truck and you don't want to get caught by surprise when you don't. Have the ability to handle it, but we uh, we do want to talk about a few other hash items that we got our hands into this week, and uh, one that we've had previously that uh, that I want to give a bit of a, a brief shout out to as well. But in addition to the Tannylust Labs this week, we uh, also got into some of that uh, TGOT hash, eh?
1: Yes, uh, you were so nice to give me a, uh, about 0. 0.5 grams worth of it. And I believe you picked it up on Shoppers, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I did. I, I got it on Shoppers a few weeks back just because it was priced so competitively. Uh, it runs for about 38 bucks for two grams of this stuff.
1: Yeah, and that's darn right economical.
0: It's it's very economical. It's not as potent as some of the other stuff. Like, I don't remember what the strength was on the Tantalus one.
1: Um, I, I can said. tell you here. It says uh, thc 10.2 milligrams per gram THC total, 423.1 milligrams per gram. So, okay. in my, so my 42%, my whole, yeah,
0: 42%, 42%. So, that's going to be a bit stronger than this T God stuff. But again, you're getting a couple grams from it, right? And I think that's probably what you're going to see in a trade off in terms of pricing. If you're getting a little bit more volume, you're going to see a decrease in potency basically, at that level. This T-God stuff, it's under the highly Dutch brand, but it's from the Green Organic Dutchman, and it's Black Afghani Hash, and this stuff rolled in at 27.9% THC.
1: Okay. And and you've been adding it to bowls for a few weeks now, hey?
0: Yes, I've been, I've been having it for a little while now, and uh, I've been enjoying it. I, I quite liked it. Uh, the additional potency was there. I don't necessarily know that I found it to add much more in their way of flavors. It's a pressed hash. I can't I couldn't pull up a lot of information in terms of how it was made. So um, its extraction methods aren't listed, but I don't believe that it's solventless because I think that they always indicate it when it is because it's, that's a valuable uh, attribute. But I, I know you were saying when we were kind of talking before we were recording that because they're sort of an organic focused company, it seems a little strange that they would use solvents, but I don't see any indication that they didn't. Okay. Yeah, well, jury's out. <laughs> so if you know, let us know. But uh, it's 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 dark. It's a black Afghani hash. So it looks like the hash of old that I remember, like the generic hash that I used to be able to get, not the like you know super amazing like Lebanese blonde or, or whatever stuff. This was like the the stuff I remember having back in the day uh, when we were doing. Bottle tokes in a public school parking lot.
1: Jesus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, Bottle tokes, because I know this is something that you're probably not familiar with, is uh, when you take kind of like a plastic bottle and you burn like a small hole in the middle of it with a cigarette. You put the cigarette in with a little bit of hash on the end and let it fill the bottle up because you have the cap on and then you hoot off of that that my friend is a bottle toke Uh, i'm no longer a a tobacco consumer so i don't ever see myself returning to that kind of method of consumption but that was a popular way Uh, you, you i'm sorry that you missed the opportunity to try hot knives
1: yeah i mean i i still have an electric stove so maybe i'll have to give it a go
0: oh oh well just just watch out man because uh everybody learns their lesson once about a heater on the lip
1: burning your lips. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done the, bo- uh, the bottle tokes, um, like that I've done like the gravity bong kind of thing, but I haven't okay. done, done that version, but, uh, that seems kind of fun. I might have to try that at some point.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I like this this T god stuff overall what were what were your impression in terms of like the effects and how it hits like we, we know that it kind of like ups. I did a similar thing where I was like putting this with a flower but I tried this one in the bong a fair bit too on okay. a few bowls and I just I found overall I really liked it it's just that that hash buzz is so chill right like there's there's nothing else like that chill vibe from hash.
1: Well, I definitely agree with you with respect to that. It doesn't add much flavor to me. This just tasted like hash. This is what I know hash to taste like. So I actually just had it by itself. I didn't do this one with any kind of, with any flour or any kind of salads or anything like that. Okay. My, my plan of the vapes, one vape has a little concentrate pad and, uh, knowing that this one was not as potent as the, the moodering hash that we're going to talk about. And the, the dry sift hash that I just talked about, Mm -hmm. I, I added a little bit more to it just to up the the effects just so I could get a, a true test of it not a lot of flavor like you said other than just your hash flavor but uh yeah the effects they uh, they certainly rang my bell I have to say yeah uh, like you said there is like a bit of a calmness to it uh, after I smoked this uh, i I had started to to prepare some dinner but I ended up kind of taking a, a break and <laughs> watched some hockey for a little bit yeah. It's got a pretty stark head buzz. I I found um, with all of with these these three products that I've tried here that they they do give you a pretty. A stark like forehead like top of the head numbness kind of buzz and uh i i really enjoyed this i haven't i I must say i haven't got too far into this though like you gave me that half gram bit and i only ran a couple bowls through so um Mm -hmm. i still need to do more of a test on this but um as far as i can see this is another a great way to perk up some of those dusty mids if you have any kicking around (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I mean, at, an, at such an economical price, I think it's, it's something that, that people can enjoy. But I would like to find a little bit more about how they put it together. Yeah. But contrasting that with the offering that we had from Moodring, uh, their legacy hashish, which is a, a pressed bubble hash, essentially, that stuff was beautiful.
1: It was really nice. And you also were so kind to give me about 0.5 grams of that as well. And in comparison to the god, it was noticeably lighter uh, in color. I mean, yes. and um, you, you had told me previously that it was more potent as well. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Cause I don't know the actual numbers.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I actually had some conversation with uh, one of the reps from Mood Ring, and from a full disclosure, we actually attended their product launch in in January uh, as like sort of like a media appearance type thing. So we uh, we we sat in and listened to the folks talking about this when this product came out. So uh, it was something that was on my radar for when the hashish was going to launch because the uh, their head hash maker guy, his name's uh, Jose Dominguez. Uh, and incredibly passionate years of experience working with hash. So I, I was really interested to see what kind of product that they were going to be putting out there. And I was pleasantly surprised when I opened it up. This one, the potency is like 53% THC. So it's quite fucking strong. Uh, you get one gram for about 35 bucks from the BC cannabis store.
1: Okay. And, and that's, I mean, for the quality of this product, that, that price tag is, is adequate, I would say.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think of the three that we've talked about so far I would probably put this one ahead of them I mean in my uneducated measurement (laughs) and uh, unscientific style I just felt like I enjoyed the buzz off of this stuff and it just it was it had the appearance of better quality the experience I had was also of better quality the potency was there but you're a little bit of a trade-off with the cost
1: Yeah, a little bit of a trade-off for sure. But it does have a little bit more in terms of like a flavor profile too, though. So there are some other elements there that are are kind of like worthy of a higher price tag, I would say.
0: What were you picking up of, of this one?
1: Um it was a bit citrusy but it was still uh, most of it was the hash taste but there yes. was a different kind of taste profile than your general hash taste I will say I burned this one up the same as the T God I, I threw it in my my planner of the Vapes one um I vaped all of these products at about 405 uh I was finding I must say just as an aside with the T God I had to up my, my temperature on my vape a little bit more just to get more of the vapor production off of it. Right. But, uh, with the, with the mood ring, I did four Oh five and that was enough. And, uh, I didn't use very much. I didn't use very much. (laughs) And it got me stoned for, I, I would say the, the greater portion of an hour and a half, I have to say.
0: Yeah. What was cool about this one that I liked is that the baggie I had, had uh, two little pieces in it. So like it was already split professionally into point fives.
1: That's really nice too.
0: So like you got like a nice little square that was already redone. I didn't have to like break it out like I did with the T-God. So that was kind of a neat function. I don't know if they do that with like all of their stuff, but I I think it's cool in the sense that, you know, you're getting something here that's of quality of people who have a a history in cannabis, in legacy cannabis. And to see a product like this is is impressive. So I think it's something that I'll be purchasing again because I, I quite enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it gave me a little bit of pep. My spouse and I were, watch- or were watching some TV, and then we uh, we ended up playing some games because we got a little bit of peppiness to us. Uh, mm-hmm. My spouse was literally buzzing after we smoked this. I have to say, <laughs> she was uh, getting all the video games prepared, like hooking up the switch to the TV and putting in the putting in the game cartridges and stuff. And she just was humming her, humming her little ass off and uh, just having a great little time. I really enjoyed the effects of this stuff. I didn't like. I didn't have any flour with it either. So the buzz that I experienced was just the flour, and uh, it got my heart rate up a little bit. It got me got me moving. I think that the heart rate may have just be an at a, attestation a to the the potency. The potency, <laughs> yeah. The the THC was quite high in this stuff it was uh it kind of made me like a little heavy uh a little hard to concentrate but it was perfect for a button masher video game that I played with haley I, I really enjoyed it and I would probably get it again too um unfortunately we weren't able to find it uh locally but um hopefully in the future it will be stored by somebody here
0: yeah I think uh, I have seen it uh at wizards on advertised online oh really yeah so there are some places locally that have it just not in our our usual haunts apparently gotcha the other one that i wanted to mention so uh, i think i think mood ring is is a good one uh, it's something that uh, is worthy of your attention in terms of the the hash market or what's available out there the last one that i wanted to touch on was the uh, 48 north pressed hash And I know that you haven't had the chance to try this one. I had hoped to get some in before we recorded this episode, but with shipping delays, I'm not actually going to get it until tomorrow, but I have had it previously. So I just did want to mention that 48 North does do a pressed hash. Oh, we didn't mention with the the mood ring stuff is a cold water uh, extract. So it is solventless, which is, which is a positive thing. Um, I don't know that I can say the same about the 48 North one. I'm not sure what it is, but it's pressed Keef that they use and it comes in the 35 to 45% THC range. Uh, I quite enjoyed this this was the my favorite hash that I tried on the legal market in the beginning so I do want to indicate this 48 north stuff that's out there not north 40 that very confusingly close those names are but 48 north does have a pressed hash that's pretty solid I'll report back I think a little bit more on next week's episode once I've had my hands in it again because uh, I think my memory is a little bit too faded to give much uh, of an opinion other than the fact that I quite enjoyed it at the time
1: Nice. Well, yeah, you've, you've told me in the past that you really thought that that was a, an economical choice and it was kind of like more in line with your expectations for like a traditional hash.
0: Right? Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had it myself. Like you said, you picked yours up on shoppers if I'm not mistaken, right?
0: Yes. They had that as well. So it's nice to see that there are some extract offerings and that you can actually get some hash on the medical market too.
1: Cool. Yeah. I'll have to keep my eye out for that because I, I know like it was kind of like in the, the late fall or, or sometime in the fall actually when when you had first picked it up i believe yes. so i didn't get a chance to get my hands on it back then because it was already sold out but i'm gonna keep my eye out for that one as well
0: yeah it seems like the the hash stuff or the concentrate seem to fly off the shelves from shoppers
1: yeah it seems like a lot of their products do hey like those ounces um those hundred dollar ounces fly off there too
0: yeah well once it's new and fresh right if it's it, i think that's the problem is that stuff gets discounted when it sits
1: yeah, fair enough. Well, um, any final thoughts on our first ever hash off,
0: my friend? Um, no, I just it was a it was a fun experience to smoke a lot of hash this week and get chill. Um, you know, to finally get to try this mood ring product that we've been hearing about and to get into the T God and some of the other stuff. So uh, I quite I quite enjoyed getting the hash and it just made me realize how much I love hash. Actually, <laughs> I quite quite enjoy uh, the vibe from it. So it, I think it's something that may have to make more of a regular appearance in in my rotation. But it was uh, good to check out a few different products. Um, the T God, the mood ring, the Tantalus bubble hash, uh, sorry, the Tantalus dry sift, not the bubble hash, and the 48 North pressed hash are all worth uh, a purchase, but for my money, it's probably the mood ring that would take the cake in a hash off situation, much like a face off with Nicolas Key.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that these will, in, these will up the enjoyment of my future Nicholas Cage movie watching experiences. I think.
0: Yeah. You've influenced me in that way. I'm watching far more Nicholas Cage than I used to.
1: Oh yeah. It takes a, 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 healthy amount of THC, but it is worth the experience. I think um, <laughs> I, I was just going to plug a Nick cage movie. I just watched, but I'll save it for another episode. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think we've ran over time.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the adult cannabis enthusiast podcast. I had a lot of fun watching grandma's boy the second time that I watched it. And uh, I hope that um, listeners out there may enjoy it as well and listen along with us. I'm gonna check out more hash. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have some kicking around in my house for quite some time because it doesn't take much in order to perk up these bowls. So I've got quite a bit right now, and it'll probably last me a little while. But if you want to check us out on social media, again, we are at a Cannabis Pod on Instagram and on Twitter, and uh, we are basically available wherever you get your podcast fix from. Thanks again for listening, and I hope everybody's taking care out there. We'll see you next time.
0: Cheers, guys. Have a good one.